Good evening and welcome to Ralph. I'm your humble host, Ralph Nudie, coming to you live from the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and simulcast from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and all across the world via our YouTube channel. Go to GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this show is all about being stuck in the middle because that's where most of us Americans are and that's what we talk about every week are the struggles of all of us who are living our lives, paying our bills, raising our children, contributing to our societies. Not the clowns in Washington, D.C. who are playing team sports. You know, it's pretty disgusting when people are so entrenched in making sure their team wins that they're openly rooting for the economy of the United States of America to fail just so that the guy they hate won't get reelected again. Hey, I've got news for you, Bill Maher, pal, and all you other morons out there. These are real people's lives you're talking about affecting when you want to tank the U.S. economy just because you don't like the guy in the White House. This is your average middle-class guy, finally back to work, back in a steel mill, back in a coal mine, back on an assembly line, maybe working for an R&D company. I don't know what he's doing. But you really want to ruin his life just because you don't like the guy that got elected? That kind of thinking is what got this guy elected in the first place. If you don't like him, you're probably responsible for why he's there. I'm not saying I like everything about the guy. Gosh, I don't. But what did you expect was going to happen when you have the same old tired players over and over and over again on both sides playing the same old game and keeping us stuck in the middle? You're going to get a wild card, and boy, did you get one. Now you have to deal with it. Let's talk a little bit about Hurricane Dorian after we get to the end of the song here. Also, I have a fantastic musical guest today. We have the uh, artist known as 3AM Saints, Daniel Thompson, here in the studio. He's going to tell us what he thinks about the world, too, before he plays a few songs for us. And, of course, uh, we've got the man with the plan behind the control board here, trying to make me sound good even on bad days, Mr. Jim Selovich. And also we've got... Raynell Owens, behind the camera, making sure that our live stream looks good. Back to talk about the world after this song. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in again to our show. We're growing week by week with viewers and uh, people giving us feedback on our Facebook page. That's at facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. We're getting more subscribers on our YouTube channel at GetRealWithRalph.com, so I know that my message is starting to reach people here in the local area as well as outside uh, southeastern Wisconsin and northeastern Illinois. So I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, of course, as always, we have here in the studio Jim Selovich. How are you doing, Jim? What's happening, brother? Man, a lot seems what to be happening a, in the world this what weekend. What a weekend. It has been. And we're not even done with it. We have one more day. Did you spend a little time downtown over at the, the I saw the car, sh- car show. Car show. Well, here's my weekend. I, I started the weekend off with uh, drinks at the rooftop bar at uh, Stella. 
Oh, the crow's nest. How did crow, you like that? I liked it. It was really, really neat. It's really cool up there. That's a beautiful setup. You know, I, I'm I'm drinking the I'm drinking the white claws now, and I'm up there and I order a white claw, and this young bartender she hands it to me and it's warm. Does she ask me if I want a cup of ice? No. I'm I'm thinking, and it's it's an honest mistake. That's fine, but. I, does she have like no feeling in her hands whatsoever <laughs> to feel that actually this white claw? I'm not cutting out. She's a young girl and she does a great job there. And there's really great people there. I'm not knocking the crow's nest whatsoever. It's just one of those things. That's just me. That's that's, gonna... that's me. I I don't want to drink a, a warm white claw. I, I well, feel like my problem with your story is that you were drinking a white. Claw. I know. Thank you. I, yeah. Thank you, Daniel. I was like, what kind of? You're no, a no man? stop. No, no stop. No stop. From a man who doesn't drink at all. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I know you a little bit, Daniel. We we met last night. We hung out last night. I was drinking white claws last night. There's shots of what did it to me last night. Though. We were not going to talk about what happened last night. But uh, did you have that with a quiche or what? Yeah. Well, sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. Uh, am I? Uh, I'm type two diabetic. Okay. Fair so, enough. So, Say no more. So, all right. Yep. So, so I had to give up beer, and I've, I've lost like five pounds in the past like two weeks. I'll bet you have. Yeah. And I even talked to my uh, diabetic educator, and we talked about beer and uh, this. I, yeah, it's not good. I go, how about White Claws? She goes, yeah, that's okay. Yep. So I can drink because I'm White Claws. Or as soon as the stigmatism of a white girl drink goes away, <laughs> you know, you're going to see more people drink White Claws. I know plenty of dudes who drink White Claws. Just tell me you want seltzer and vodka with lime. And no, 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 I don't want vodka. No? No, because uh, it's not a good Does that make you It's mean? not a good idea. No, Jack, Jack Daniels makes me mean. Oh, Jack makes me mean, too. Yeah. I'm a jerk when I'm around Jack. <laughs> but anyways, I'll continue with my Friday night. Um, so then my brother's birthday, so uh, I met him off for a drink. We went to Captain Mike's and saw Would You Kindly. Watch, went and watched him play. And uh, Yeah, they were here last week, and yeah. I shot over to Captain Mike's right after they were here because they, they played a couple of songs oh, on they Open got Mic. Open Mic Night? Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing over at, at the Captain's Open Mic mm-hmm. on Sundays, which yeah. th- it's normally hard to find anything entertaining on a Sunday night, as right. I've learned after doing a radio show the past you know eight Sundays because suddenly I walk off the air at 10 at night and I'm mm-hmm. wired and I have to do something. Yeah, it's Sunday night. And it's Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's Sunday night and the rest of the world is asleep. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, the open mic there mm-hmm. run by Jason, I believe her name's Heather Kent. It's, yeah, Jason I Heather Kent. I recently found yeah. it. I didn't know that it was there, but it's, it's great. It's, yeah, it's great. Uh, Jason does an amazing job. Oh, yeah. I've known Jason for years, and, and uh, Heather's pregnant again with another kid. You're going to have another kid. She's up there, she's up there singing and stuff, you know, being pregnant and stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of fun to watch. But, uh, continue with my weekend. And then I, <laughs> Saturday went down, and Saturday was absolutely nuts in downtown Kenosha. It was. It was. It was. It, I went down to the Harbor Market, walked through there, saw some friends. Sugar Sugar Bear was playing piano down there. Sugar Bear, Larry Thomas, you know, met Larry yet? Amazing, amazing. Um, so I did that, and then I walked through the car show, and unbelievable cars. It was. It was. Uh, we took a picture. We took a few pictures with a few of the cars with the kids. I have to say, yeah. they they had a nice a nicer selection at that car show this mm-hmm. year than I remember in yeah. years past. There was a lot more cars this year too. A lot more it cars. Was crazy. It took up both sides of the uh, yeah. from where they gate off for peanut butter and right. jam, right, all the way to Fifty Sixth right. Street. I think so. And, that's and, and, two in between, and in between, I walked through uh, Cheesapalooza. Good entertainment there. Yeah, at yeah. least yesterday. I didn't go today because of the weather. I stopped by there today just for. Yep. Get, a, get a walk down by the lake. As a, uh, real... and, every, and everybody listening right now is just bored to death. <laughs> They're just like, who really cares what you did this weekend, Jim? 
Well, we are also enlightening the people of Kenosha about all the wonderful things to do around here. So mm-hmm. by telling your story, you're telling them, hey, buddy, you could be here having all this fun, too. Well, so I, there's some I value. forgot about that part. Actually. There, <laughs> I actually had a point. I actually had a point. And the point is, you're right. There's a lot to do, and there was a lot going on. It was, it was a great time. I ended up at 58 Below. This has become an oasis here in Kenosha <laughs> the last couple of years. But uh, 58 Below is what, second second anniversary? Second anniversary. Second anniversary. And that's at the American Legion. They took yep. the basement of the American mm-hmm. Legion Club, which is a nonprofit, and turned it's it a into great a stage. great venue for music. Yeah. My first time in there ever was this year when uh, we were asked to go and, and, and support and, and film Betsy Aid's show when it was her first show yeah. back after being on The Voice, which is, which is how I ended up meeting her, which was the genesis of a lot of things that mm-hmm. we're doing now. And uh, I was really impressed. Uh, of course, Dominic Petticone works down there, does a good job mm-hmm. booking the bands. He's a local Kenosha musician who's been around for long time, at least 25 years, I think longer. Longer than that, yeah. Yeah, yep. probably. Well, they, they've been together... Well, they be well. You, you know, you were singing some Sahara Jack earlier. Don't sing it again, please. I, oh, don't okay, worry. Okay. I won't. Um, uh, it uh, they've been together because I know that the drummer Brian's been with them for twenty three years. Yeah. So they were around before yeah. that, and they're still playing as eighty nine Mojo, right? Yeah. Well, Dominic. Well, Dominic and Grant have been playing together for thirty years. Yep. So. And then Ernie is down in Florida now. Ernie, uh, Grace, Ernie yeah, Ernie who was, which was uh, their original was, singer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the whole history. Great group of guys. Yeah, but that it's a great, it's a great place, and and uh, drinks were flowing that night. <laughs> and, and now there's so many other so many places where there's good quality entertainment. Um, yeah, that's where that's where Matt Daniel was uh, there. Yeah, yeah, we right. met there. Yeah. You're at 58 Below. Yes. Yeah, last night. Yes, last night. You've been right. playing in the Kenosha music scene for a while, right? I've been playing. Well, it, it's it's funny. I I've, I've been playing the past year. I've been back here. Uh, before then, I was playing a lot about 10 years ago uh, when I was a teenager. It's changed a lot since 10 years ago, hasn't it? Oh, so much. I mean, there used to be, uh, back then, there weren't very many venues. There there was, downtown wasn't what it mm-hmm. is now. So it was right. kind of a, there was nothing. Right. So we used to play in Paddock Lake and things like that. But now we have Fusion, Sazzy's yeah. always has music, Rustic right. is doing things. Mm-hmm. Got the creative public. space going on, Creative too. space, yep. yes, they're created the space every Thursday at 5 o'clock, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Um, so there are so many outlets now and venues for artists to not only throw out their stuff, but also collaborate and play around, and there's a real sense of community, really. Yeah, I've noticed a huge sense of community compared to in years past, mm-hmm. where most of these musicians and bands and even these venues are cooperating with each other instead right. of using that scarcity mentality. They're, they're, they're embracing one another, and that's the key to it being successful. Right. It truly it, is. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is, too. You have to create it yourself, almost produce, you know, you know like, like Don did with uh, Fusion. Yes. You know, he created, he created his own space. As a musician, he created this to have other musicians come in. And, and do different things. A great place to do a stand-up as well. We do, I do some, uh, a couple stand-up shows and a couple of uh, improv shows there. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's just a m- marvelous space. Uh, there's, a, I mean, 58 Below stage is amazing. Yeah. They have a great stage, a great venue. Um, and like you say, you know, all these other places are opening up to different things. And it's, uh, it's, it, has, it has changed a lot in 10 years, most definitely. It seems like it's been a 30-plus year snail's pace vision for the downtown area that is finally starting to come together in an assemblance of order that that when people first started talking about what they wanted down there, the skeptics 
really said it would never happen, and the skeptics felt they were right because it took so long for it to materialize. But the critical mass that has happened in the last couple of years with the Stella being rebuilt with... Mm -hmm. Which is absolutely gorgeous inside. The, folks, if you haven't been there yet, go there. Oh, it is a beautiful place, inside and out, whether you're in the hotel, you're in the restaurant, you're up mm -hmm. in the crow's nest where you are. It's it, Now you can see that it was a worthwhile project. There was there were a lot of doubters uh, when that grant program first got announced, and, of course, it was slated for demo. Mm -hmm. And there were so many doubters that said, forget about it, just knock the thing down. And I think what they've done is they've taken a template now that you can mm -hmm. hold up and say, this does work here. Right. Well, it, when that time came when they were going to tear that down, that committee got together, you know, in the Common Council, the Committee for Preservations. Because I know that Jan Mahalski was a big part of that. And they helped save that building. I would like to say, see the same thing happen to the Kenosha Theater. Yeah. I would like to see the same thing happen to the uh, the Rhodey. Well, the Rhodey is uh, protected now. It's protected, and it's owned by Lakeside Players, but it needs right. an infusion of cash. It really oh, does. Oh, big time. I mean, it's a, I'm very involved with Rhodey, as you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's ran by volunteers. Correct. You know, and there is no—I mean, they just make enough money to pay the bills. Right, you know, and for any type of improvement, they have to, you have to get you know the, the city gave them a, a buttload of money. I'm just, I, I've I've been just thinking, and of course I'm thinking aloud. Mm -hmm. But the board of volunteers, if they if they if they partnered up with the right group, they're a nonprofit. They could do a lot of the same things that Fusion and the Space are doing, mm -hmm. especially with that smaller. Theater yeah, that's on the where, other that's side. where I always do. I've done few few comedy shows on that side, and I, you know, when I do my when we get together to produce the burlesque shows there, oh, that's yeah. that's what that's where we do it in that in the small one in the small one, that's which fantastic. is great. Which is you know, yeah, three hundred people. I haven't you can put in there. I haven't been to one yet, but uh, I will definitely make a point of coming to yeah. the next one. Whenever the next one's going to be, I have no idea. It's a monster to put together. I mean, you got to get a six-piece band together, and you got to get them sit down, put their schedules together. We got to, you know, do arrangements. You know, uh, the dancers and the singers. You know, they have to come in, get a rehearse, and that's not even talking about all the other stuff that goes on. You know, with the because uh, I write, I write it and I MC it. So it was a lot that's going on. I was like, well, I got to write some sketches for this now. You know, and my monologues and what I'm going to be doing on stage and things as such. So and then we got to make sure. You know, we always have to make sure we do something different. Right. All our shows are something different. I mean, like, what's something new that we want to bring to this next one? Well, maybe you could do, like, a football team's theme one where all the lingerie is different football teams. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about that. Or, guess, you know. or Big Ten something. Big Ten. SEC. Well, you know, we, all, we, 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 we always— NCAA football. We always theme it as, uh, like, a 1930s, 40s speakeasy. I know. Thing. I know. But just add a little theme where you have to wear colors of a team and people have to figure out which team it is that you're uh, – you know, it doesn't have to be completely obvious. Like you got like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers actual logo, but, you know, you got the black and the and the yellow and you can kind of figure out who what it is that they're trying to uh, portray. I don't know, just an idea. It is an idea. It could be. It it's could, an idea. It could be. I you're love saying, his reaction. I, I love an his, idea. It's an, it's an idea. idea. It's, it's an, an idea. idea. It doesn't mean he thinks it's a good idea. No, I'm, I'm no, being supportive. I'm being supportive of, of, of your idea. Yeah. Well, I'm going to transition into some serious topics here before we uh, get carried away with the fun stuff. And yeah. this is a lot of fun, but while this Hurricane Dorian is just turned into such the monster, mm. and the this is one of the hurricanes that they've had the hardest time actually predicting the path of in a long time. Normally, they're very clear and very good on where they're going. But it turns out right now there's a couple of 
low-pressure systems up even in the um, Arctic Circle area coming coming into the north northwestern United States right now. And where those low-pressure systems move is going to have a direct impact mm-hmm. on where the high-pressure breaks and, and that hurricane is allowed to move. So they're right now guessing that it could do anything from turning straight east into the Atlantic coastline of Florida to skipping all the way up the coast and wreaking mm-hmm. havoc and continuing northward all the way into uh, North Carolina, where it could either fizzle and die or or turn inward there. So we've been monitoring this closely here all day. But it ripped through the Bahamas as a Cat 5, and I don't think we even have a clue what the level of devastation is going to look like there. Oh, my God, right. I think that we need to really have the the people of the Bahamas in our thoughts and in our prayers and hope that, uh, that people are able to survive because unlike... Unlike the coastal United States, when it when it starts ripping through those islands, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to there's nowhere to evacuate to, and uh, we can remember the devastation that took place in Haiti mm-hmm. uh, a few years back, and and oh, how been, those people yeah. had nowhere to go. And and last year with the you know Puerto Rico, exactly, exactly. So I've been monitoring this all day, hoping that I would have something mm-hmm. of substance to to say about where it's going, but as but it looks they, right now, it's they, still they, up in the air. They don't even know where it's going. I no. mean, they're thinking, well, possibly, you know, just up, like you said, you know, uh, just offshore and maybe hitting Savannah as it goes up. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the, the president was supposed to go abroad to uh, Poland, and he ended up sending the vice president on his behalf as a result. They've got FEMA in full force all over Florida. And Again, unlike a lot of the other hurricanes, they don't know exactly where they're going to have to respond, mm-hmm. which makes it so much more problematic. Right. You know, they don't. They, that's the thing. They they're, you don't know what's going to happen here. The winds, uh, as it ripped through the the uh, the Bahamas, mm-hmm. one hundred eighty five miles an yep. hour. Yep. It was moving west at seven miles per hour, just over uh, the Great Abasco Islands in the Bahamas. Wow. That's what the word is. Made landfall between twelve forty at around twelve forty p.m. Um, and uh, this afternoon, and, uh, and just now, just one hundred eighty five uh, miles east of West Palm Beach. That's where it is right now. Yep. So I don't know, man. It's a very you know. It, it's like you know we we got things up here. What we deal with the cold. Yeah. Basically, I mean, there's no really big natural disasters that you know maybe flooding every now and then. Nothing yeah. like nothing like nothing, hurricanes. Oh my god! You or, know, I mean. You know, you know, and if you're in California, you got to deal with earthquakes and you know, and fires and, and and things. And and every winter, I think about why do I live here still? No, because I, I really hate the cold, and I think, well, why don't I just move to Florida? And then something like right. this happens, well, and it makes you it makes you realize there's a lot of other reasons why I won't move to Florida. Yeah, I've never but... <laughs> thought about moving to Florida. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, in a couple more years, I go move to the villages. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> America's friendliest hometown, that's what they say. <laughs> also, one of the highest STD rates in the country. Oh, that's Maine. wonderful. Well, yeah. Where? They're friendly. The, the villages. It's a senior, uh, oh, okay. it's a senior oh, complex. Oh, yeah. Okay. Apparently, they're all rolling around, uh, yeah. picking up on each other with their well, golf carts. Well, and They're uh, friendly. They share things. They do they're share things. They're a sharing things. community. They're a very sharing community. Yeah. They're all uh, playing the old uh, Marvin Gaye and stuff. and. Yeah, you got to just getting funky. <laughs> hey, baby, roll on over here. Mm, that's right. I don't I get want to picture that. Yeah, no, we're not going to go there. I, I, I just play around the edges. You know, I, I, I'd like to talk about what, what, what things. On a serious note, 
Oh, no, no, we're not serious. I'm oh, like, we're yeah. done being serious? We're, well, no, we're not done being serious, but we're talking about the villages here and, okay. and them getting around. And you got to wonder, what is that? You know, what right. does that experience taste like when, when you're a singer? Depends, I guess. Taste like? Okay. Uh, he, he, he went there. Okay. I went there. He, he went there. He went there. But, I yeah. hope I, I never know. Right. Well, you know, while I'm still young. Oh, okay. when I'm that age, I'm totally All right. When I'm that age, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more in Florida not to like than to live down <laughs> there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Florida, people love Florida. I got good friends down in Florida. I love the West Relatives Coast. Relatives in Florida. I like the West Coast of Florida definitely better than the East Coast of Florida. Golf side, yeah. Yeah, golf side. Golf side's amazing. Way prettier. Prettier sand, nicer people in general. Now, you know, live, I've lived in California, as you know, in Los Angeles area. Yeah. I lived with one, I was zero in about a year or so, and uh, I had one earthquake. I just shook, I was, I was laying in bed, it's like four o'clock in the morning, and the bed just shook. You know, I thought it was being possessed by the devil or something. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, it, was, I thought it was like, you know, uh, the, the exorcist or something, or what the hell is going on, you know? And then I'm like, oh, I guess that, w-. it just lasted for like 10 seconds. And I go, oh, I guess that was an earthquake. Okay. Wasn't bad, I didn't, you know, but, uh, but yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, thoughts go out to people in Florida. Yeah. You know, we make, you know, uh, you have loved ones down there as well. And we make jokes, we make fun of, you know, fun of it. I mean, well, because it's Florida. No. But, but uh, yeah, when it comes down to it. Uh, our hearts and prayers go out to people out there. No, I hope it just misses the whole East Coast. But and we'll see course, what happens or, 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 you know, goes down a category because they're thinking category five by the time it hits. Yeah, if it, if it can go up the coastline before it turns inward, inward and can get up all the way to Wilmington, they think that it'll weaken to a Category 2. Yeah. So that, that's that's what I saw on, on the maps with that. And, you know, that's that's the best we can pray for. The downside of that is there'll be storm surge for a lot more miles of coastline. Yeah. But there'll be less, it'll be, it'll be less impactful overall in any one area. Then, of course, we had the uh, Odessa, Texas uh, incident. Oh, my God. Did you see that? Uh, now the death toll's at 7 now? Yep. Yeah, authorities said Sunday they could not explain why a man with an air-style weapon opened fire during a routine traffic stop in West Texas to begin a terrifying 10-mile rampage that ended up killing seven people, injuring 20, 22 others, and it ended with officers gunning him down outside a movie theater. They identified the shooter... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the guy's Don't name. Don't say his name. I'm not gonna. I, I, any I hate more, that. I'm you not know, gonna give this what guy they, any That's more what press. they want. Exactly. And the online court records show that he had been arrested in 2001 for a misdemeanor offense that would not have prevented him from legally purchasing firearms in Texas. Now, notice they keep repeating the mantra of stories like that every time there's mm-hmm. a shooting because they want us all to know that it's the guns that 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 created this this evil element. Not, not, not the crazy person. Not the crazy person on the other and side. And that's the guy who switched cars. Yes. He switched cars. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had a make on the car, and he switched cars, and, you know. Well, I think the thing with, with every shooting story, well, it's sad. Uh, of course, it's horrible that it happened, but mm-hmm. the thing that's more discouraging is how commonplace it is and how even as you're reading those stories, you're like, oh, I know how this is going to end, or, mm-hmm. oh, this sounds exactly like the one that happened a week ago. Yeah, right. That's, you're right. I don't know. It's it's uh it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's oh, I don't. Know. It's it's just been too commonplace now, unfortunately. Or it just the idiots are just. I'm at a loss, really. It, it, 
You know, people say, well, you know, how you beat that is have someone, you know, two guns in a situation Not where all. someone else has a gun. I understand the logic behind that sometimes, and but on the flip side, that's not right. That's not always the answer either. No, you're talking now, about a good guy with a gun. That, a, a good guy with a gun can sometimes well, that's help. The, that's the and thing. I and I believe that, and I am a good guy with a gun. I'm, you know, I'm a prior military law enforcement. I'm a concealed uh, carry permit holder. I do carry a weapon whenever I'm not planning on drinking, which limits the amount of times that I can carry a weapon nowadays. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I, you know, I, I do carry anywhere and everywhere I can. I have to say one of the biggest sources of irritation with me is when I see businesses in Wisconsin that post the no firearm sign. It drives me absolutely insane. And I think the thought process behind any business owner who posts that, including the Lakeside players, by the way, yeah, is fundamentally flawed. And, and here's why. I've got enough respect for that sign that I'm going to leave my weapon in my car. I can't say that the same would probably hold true for a person who's planning on going and shooting everybody in that theater, including our kids that happen to be on stage or mm. our family members that are in that audience. So what you're doing is you're announcing to somebody who wants to hurt people that this is a good target. This is a good soft target where you're not going to have a bunch of armed mm. people and you have to worry about that confrontation. Additionally, the Wisconsin law was written in such a weird way that you actually put a liability on your business by posting that sign, and here's why. When they wrote the concealed carry law, they wrote it in such a way that businesses receive automatic indemnification from concealed carry holders. So if you own a gas station, if you own a uh, retail store, if you own any sort of business— and you don't post a sign not allowing concealed carry holders to come in. And a concealed carry holder somewhere uh, ends up doing something that causes harm, and now the victims want to file suit. You are legally indemnified from being sued because you had no control over it. They were a concealed carry holder. The flip side of that is if you put the sign up and a concealed carry holder leaves their weapon outside and they end up being hurt, they end up being killed, mm. they end up anything where they might have been able to help themselves if they had a weapon. The law is written that they can sue your business. Mm. So these businesses are actually doing it at their own financial peril and and adding additional liability to themselves when they do that, which is something that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. But aside of that, anybody who respects the law is going to not, they're, they're going to listen. They're not going to bring the weapon in. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have that there, anybody who respects the law is still going to be respectful mm -hmm. of the law. You're not going to know they're carrying a weapon unless a bad guy walks in with one. Right. So they're going to look just like you and me. You're not going to know the difference. Mm -hmm. But, heck, that guy right next to you, he, he might be the guy that, mm -hmm. that, that saves your life. Now, that's not going to save everybody in every situation. There's no way. One of these victims was a man who was a uh, retired teacher in a car or a former teacher in a car with his wife and, and child and looking the other way. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing There's nothing that a good guy with a gun could have done mm -hmm. no, to, and, to save him. When we talk about the good guy with a gun, the thing that's always stuck with me is when I lived in Indiana, and because uh, I'm a journalist, mm -hmm. I talked to the police chief there, and we were talking about the good guy with a gun, and obviously the police chief was very you know pro-gun rights and everything mm -hmm. like that. But he said that um, the, the thing that people don't think about with the good guy with a gun situation is that a police officer or anybody going into that situation doesn't know you're a good guy with a gun. You're adding confusion into the situation. Now, I own guns, too, mm -hmm. but mm. that's that's the thing that I've, I've thought about that ever since. Anytime I hear the good guy with a gun thing is that 
But you have to be. You have to be trained. You have to be smart. You have to know how to identify yourself when police come, or you shouldn't be carrying a gun. You know that. that all that holds true. Yeah. Because it can cause confusion. But in a in a panic situation, you're gonna hopefully either you're going to be in a position where you can use it immediately and and eliminate the threat, or you're not going to be able to. In which case, if a law enforcement arrives before that threat's been neutralized, you can kind of back off and inform them. Yeah. So, yeah, you could get yourself in trouble as a good guy with a gun, but it's, it's my hope, it's my contention that most people that are taking the time to get that permit are also listening to all the things they're being told. Because you can't just walk in anywhere, say, oh, I've got a permit, now I can walk anywhere I want with yeah. a gun anytime I want. That's not, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't go to school with it. I can't walk into the courthouse with it. No. Um, I, I can walk into some municipal buildings and some I can't, depending on whether or not the municipality has outlawed that or not. I can't walk into any business that posts a sign that doesn't allow it. And a lot of the big corporate entities will do that because they don't care about the liability. They, they're, right. they're, they're a big enough company that they don't have to worry about that. So there, you know, there are safeguards in place. And you still could have a good guy with a gun go crazy. I mean, this this is really a mental instability and a cultural problem, I think, more than a gun problem at its core. Absolutely. And if we would stop demagoguing it and say, yeah, there are two sides to the gun issue, and both of them have some valid points, and we do have to put some common sense safe, safeguards in place, but we also have to assure the people of this country that the Second Amendment and its in, initial intention, which is to not allow a government to become more oppressed or more well-armed than its citizenry, which is really, really what it's all about. Those are important. Those are important tenets of of our society that don't exist in other countries. Mm-hmm. No, and we have to balance that somehow, yeah. and yet still make sure that we take care of the more the equally important task of protecting ourselves, protecting our children, protecting our loved ones from unwanted gun violence or unwanted violence of any sort. Somebody driving down the road with a truck mowing people down. Somebody. Uh, making improvised explosives at marathons. You know, there's, right. there's so many ways. Well, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, uh, a little more to talk about on the issues of the day. Then we're going to have a little bit of uh, musical fun with Daniel Thompson and uh, 3AM Saints right after this. And we're back in the studios of AM 1050 WLIP, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm your host, Ralph Nudie on Get Real with Ralph. can be heard on GetRealWithRalph.com, WLIP.com, or old-fashioned tuning into the AM radio. In our a bumper music tonight. Little Barry Gibb there. It's his birthday of the Bee Gees. He's 73 years old today. Well, as we always do this here, Daniel, we always play music, somebody's birthday or something, you know, play their music in honor. All and, right. and what a great guy to honor. I'll tell you, I was I think I was weaned off of some of this music here. It seemed like my mom had this playing all the time when I was a child, and I still have those, like, warm, comfortable thoughts of childhood when I hear it. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear about my warm, comfortable childhood thoughts, though. <laughs> That's the, a, that, that'll be another show. 
The uh, Green Bay Packers will be on the road this Thursday for their first opening game against the Chicago Bears at 7 a.m. The Bears. The Bears. So either way, no matter which side you're on here, this is always a very exciting game for people in southeastern Wisconsin. I'd say Kenoshans are pretty evenly divided, wouldn't you? Even on this station, even the people that work here. Pretty much. I, I would say I, had the com- I have this conversation all the time. You know, you got people walk. But the thing about Kenosha is you see somebody walk around with a Cubs hat on but wearing a Packer jersey. You know, you don't see that anywhere else, man. I got yep. friends in Milwaukee, uh, and they're like, oh, you're, you know, people are weird in Kenosha. I come down here, and, you know, they're wearing a Packer or a a Packer cup, hat and, and I'm a, a Cub, Cub shirt. I'm a Cub Packer fan. Yeah. There's there's a lot just because yeah. you know when 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 the Braves left left town, a lot of people had parents who remember that time yeah. and they became Cub fans or they were Cub mm-hmm. fans and when the Triple A team finally did show up in Milwaukee, they just decided to stick with professional baseball. Yeah. So Daniel, your your views are you are you a sports fan? You into uh, did you play sports in your day? I played basketball in my okay. day. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, tall. How tall are you? Six one, not that tall. I'm five foot three, so you're tall. Okay? Anybody's tall okay. to you. You know, you, you, know the, you know the cool thing, Daniel, is even though we're on radio, do you even sound tall? <laughs> he does that voice, he does. doesn't he? He does. He sounds tall. Like if I was listening, I'd be like, that. That's a big dude. So, uh, your teams. Who are your teams? Go by sports. If well, back when I used to pay attention, I was always I used to go to a lot of Bucks games. Yeah. And then just based on my parents, because they're mm-hmm. like diehard Packers fans, I right. was always a Packers person. Okay. All right. Now I'm a nobody person. Okay. That music's your life now. Yeah. yeah I mean, you just you know, what's your hobby? My hobby is just making music, man. Yeah. It's a full time gig. All right. It's so full... if you're going to get tapped, you got the nod. You're going to play in the Super Bowl. Who would you want to see as the two teams you're playing for? Hmm. I had to put music in there so I could get him interested again. Okay, wait. Repeat <laughs> that again. You got you, tapped. You're gonna. You're gonna. You, pl- you're, you're gonna. You're gonna play the Super Bowl halftime show. You get to play. Who are the two teams that you hope are are playing each other? Oh, that's a crazy. I guess I'd have to be like uh, the Packers would have to be there. Yeah, like yeah. they're the only ones that I'd really think about. Right. Just right. because then maybe my parents would watch. I think. I think. <laughs> I think basically at that time you just I don't give a crap who's going to be playing this game because I'm, I'm getting paid a buttload of money to play yeah. the halftime. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm and, just and, and my exposure and beforehand alone. think about some kind of like Janet Jackson moment I could pull so that people remember me forever. So that you could pull, no strings attached. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Well, this Thursday is going to mark the 199th game in the rivalry between the Packers and That's Bears. Crazy. Can you believe that? They're almost like even in games too. Wins, wins. 97, 95. And six. The Packers are on the 95 end of it? Yeah. I think yeah. the Bears have a yeah. winning record the, against the, them. The Bears, you know, if you go all the way back to the 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 early days mm-hmm. when uh, when you had uh, Lombardi coaching and you had, um, boy, my brain just died on me here. Come on. Hallis. No. Ha- well, you, you're going yeah, back to Curly days. Lambeau and, and, and Hal Hallis. Hallis. Yeah. Well, Hallis was there for Curly Lambeau and Lombardi. Well, That's how long the guy coached. You know, and, and I talk to Bear fans, they always remind me of the fact that there wouldn't be a Bears without George Hallis. Or a Packers without George Hallis. This is George, true. This is, true. this is very true. And and the Midwest, these teams are instrumental in the NFL mm-hmm. becoming what it is today. So uh, it's, it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. But uh, this will be the fourth time in team history that Green Bay has opened at Chicago and the third time in five years that they've opened up the season against the Bears. So mm-hmm. this is seeming to be a more popular thing that 
they're getting these rivalries yeah. all yeah. matched up for Thursday night games yeah. and Sunday night games and everything else. And it's all about the viewers. I, of course. I do not like Thursday night games. I hate Thursday night games because I got to work Friday morning. Officially, you know, I would like to vote for getting rid of Thursday night football, getting rid of Sunday night football, going back to Sunday and Monday night. That's it. I like right? that idea. It was a good idea. Like everything I, I, else, I don't mind the Sunday saturated. night games so much, but yeah, we'll, and, talk, we'll talk about it on a sports show, and we will. But you know, we can talk a little sports here, and I also wonder if. Fantasy football, for as good as it is for learning the game better, learning the players better, has really killed team loyalty. It seems like people are more loyal to their political party than they are to their football team these days. Should be the other way around. I, I, I separate it. I'm at I'm at the point with football. It's I, I'm not as much into football as I used to. You know, with all first of all the millions and millions of dollars that they're they're getting. You know and. You know, they're putting these players on a, you know. A pedestal. A pedestal. This is what they're going to look up to. I mean, it's like. So you feel like by paying attention to other entertainment choices, yeah. you're making a conscious and, decision and, not and, to. And there's the injury factors, too, and things as such, and the concussions. And you know, these people are losing their, literally losing their minds. Yeah. Playing, playing the game. And there's nothing really been done about it. You know, it's a blood sport. I mean, it, to, to me, it's like, you know, the old Coliseum. You know, people get around. Oh, in my and, head, and, uh, yeah, if we and, could get away with still having gladiators, gladiators, we would right. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, part a, of, it's part of the human condition. Yeah. People like to see people like to see some people get hurt. Somebody, people yeah. like to see yeah. that, that, that just complete brutality well, I, of human beings. I, I, guess, I think UFC I, is such a big yeah. thing. Well, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess my problem is, is that you know, the kids are getting hurt playing, playing the game growing up and playing. You see a lot of these kids busting out their legs in high school, you know, in, in college, you know. I don't know. It's I I had all my kids play, and I, I've seen kids get hurt, but I've seen kids get hurt riding their bike down the oh, street. Oh, well, the, yeah, you know, I, I mean, kids, sure. I, if you're but gonna, they're, but not running at them full speed and, you know, and lowering their helmet into their back or something. I mean, that's that, got to, you, you know, know I mean. That's bad coaching. Well, yeah. But. You want to make football more exciting. Mm-hmm. You got to take the helmets off. <laughs> you do seriously. <laughs> you get rid of the helmets. Okay, I might come back and watch a little bit more if that happens. Yeah. You know, get rid of the big shoulder pads. Get rid of the helmets. Get rid of everything except for some knee pads, some soft shoulder pads, and go back to either a leather helmet or maybe like the foam that they're able to make the, these concussion-proof helmets on for other sports, so that your head itself is protected. No face masks. And uh, you know what? People won't be leading with their heads anymore. They'll be keeping their heads out of the way because they don't want to get their teeth busted out. And you know what? As far and as I'm concerned, with mouth guards then too. No, 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 no mouth guards. No, like, like no face MMA, guards. Like a boxing mouth guard, you put in your mouth. But you, you know what? You're going to have right. more guys with broken noses and ugly faces, right. but you'll have less guys with concussions. And you know what? If your brain isn't more important than your face, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Well, yeah. that's an idea. Man, it's a close um, call. I want to hear some music. You want to hear some? I want to hear some music. Too. Yeah, we're about that time. I you, want to make sure we don't get too far in this hour before we hear uh, Daniel play. Dan, you ready to bust it out for us, or what? I am ready. All right, Dan with the with the black and white checkered Vans on top of it. <laughs> Love those. Those are old school, man. Well, those are on his website too. I are those see the, that. Are those the same ones on your website? Or you got a different pair. What that I'm wearing? Oh yeah. no, it's just this pair. Oh, that's these are like my favorite slip-on shoes. That's that's rock and roll. They're easy. That's rock and roll, man. All right. 
We'll have him play a tune, and uh, next hour we'll get more in depth. And, so tell us what talk. you're gonna tell us what you got. You know, this is your first time on our show playing a song, so you must have something special picked out. What, what are you gonna play for us first? Well, time? the first song I'm gonna play is actually called Mary, and it's named after my grandmother, uh, Mary Alice, and it's actually the first song I think I wrote and recorded uh, when I first got sober, uh, two years and eight eight months today. Actually, congratulations, man! Wow, bless you, man. That's a cool story. All right. Oh Mary, won't you sing another song for me? Standing underneath the heated lights, summon me to sleep. Toiling, toiling, no way, working yourself bone every day. What mess you serving, baby? You ain't no sleep. Well, if he ever stops watching you, if he ever stops watching you, won't you please come home? Won't you please come home? I'll be waiting right at home. Won't you please come home? Oh, Mary, won't you sleep without that crucifix? Clutching that thing to your chest if it'll make you rich. Won't you get up off your knees and finally serve yourself? I don't care about no heaven, it ain't worth this much hell. Well, if he ever stops watching you, if he ever stops watching you, won't you please come home? Won't you please come home? I'll be waiting right at home. Won't you please come home? Oh, Mary, how long are you gonna let them kick you about? Working hard for a husband that's ready to spit you out. Stop raising your eyes to the ceiling, trying to pray. Oh, Mary, won't you finally just for a drone Well, if he ever stops watching you, if he ever stops watching you, won't you please come home? Won't you please come home? I'll be waiting right at home. Won't you please come home? Won't you please come home to me? Won't you please come home to me? Won't you please come home to me? Won't you please come home? Where I'll be waiting. 
Yeah. Wow. wow. Right on, brother. That's really? that's some that's some like serious music, man. Great song. You got a great voice too, man. It's <laughs> it's just one of those uh, voices. Like we were talking last night. And, yeah. And you know. And Kathleen's saying, well, you got to hear him sing. You got that <laughs> raspy voice going on, you know, things and such. Well, so did that, it live up to her whole hype? It did. Okay. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I heard some really good things from you from some other, from some of the people over at Fusion, too. I don't think I ever actually saw you play there. I've seen you in there, but you yeah. were never actually playing when I, when I cycled through there. But uh, Spare Animals spoke very highly oh, yeah. of you. Uh, Amy Crucianelli, of course, speaks very high of you. So, you know, I've, I've heard that you're great. And a lot of times I try not to listen too much when I know someone's coming on the show because I want I, I want my real reaction to kind of get captured here. And uh, that's that's a winner there. That's a real winner. <laughs> it really is. Thank you. And uh, so you, you, you how long have you been how long have you been playing? I mean, when, when, did you, when did you pick up the guitar? I picked up the guitar. Well, I picked up the guitar much younger, but I started taking lessons at 12. Okay. Um, at Schmidt Music in Racine, actually, yeah, yeah. with uh, Jeff Clementi. Um, and I didn't practice enough, so... Uh, <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was taking lessons for years, and then I started getting to uh, being in bands when I was about 16. Okay. I formed one. Played at... Eventually, I played at the Raven Milwaukee. Played around Chicago a little bit. Um, and in L- Wrigleyville with another mm-hmm. band, too. When you were first learning guitar... Everybody has this, like, person that they want to sound like when they first pick up a guitar. Who is yours? Ooh. Well. In I childhood. Don't... Childhood. And I'm not talking about right now influences as a musician. As a child, you first picked up that guitar. Who did you envision being? Honestly, the first song I tried to play on uh, on the guitar was Come As You Are by Nirvana. Nice. Actually. Wow. Okay. That and says I a lot about your influences. <laughs> I did not do it right at all. No, but I hear I hear a way more folky side of Seattle in in your sound when you mention it. So that uh, that that would make sense. <laughs> so now, as a more seasoned performer, who 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 would you say your influences are? A lot of the influences. So obvious. Well, I went through a huge Bob Dylan phase. So mm-hmm. if you see me out performing live, I do Dylan covers. Billy Holiday, I do some of her stuff, oh, wow. but not oh, a lot because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I. I uh, I can't sing like Billy Holiday. It's yeah, hard no one, no to, one can, to do right. anything sure, of sure. Billy Holiday's and think you'll ever do it justice. Mm-hmm. And the same with Sam Cooke, who's yeah. another person I listen to a lot. Um, those would be the big three that I think um, kind of influenced me and I, I return to a lot. Um, and then there are some that I listened to in high school. Like the whole format of my band I stole from, I think. <laughs> it's funny to say it, but Dashboard Confessional, who's somebody I listened to when I was like 13. Sure. You know what? I still do. I'm not even going to try to lie about that. No. There's nothing wrong. I mean, we, it. we all go back to the stuff we listened to when we were young, when you're completely out of inspiration and out of ideas and really you just don't want to think. That's what you do. And I can't wait. I can't wait to come back after the break and uh, let you play a bunch more, which, no, we, which we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we tried to squeeze one in now, we'd end up no, not, we, not fitting we're, it we're in. too close to top. We, we, are, we actually only have the two minutes left here. Exactly. But I, uh, so far, wow, it's good stuff. Well, you're going to be playing, of course, at the uh, Songs of Freedom Music Festival yes. oh, with, awesome. with, with a bunch of other people we have lined up. Yeah, yeah. And um, I really, really thank you for putting your time. All these musicians, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that are going to this are volunteering their time for this great event. And all of the money is going to support Operation Underground Railroad, which rescues children who have been trafficked for sex all over the world. They, mm-hmm. they send in uh, former Special Forces military teams to go do that. 
And it's such a good cause. When I found out about this organization and what they do and learned as much as I learned about human trafficking and specifically child trafficking throughout the world, I knew that this was something that, that uh, we need as a community to do something about. So it has helped me meet a lot of great musicians. And while we're talking about great musicians, we're going to be sailing off here with a little more Bee Gees, who uh, I think is a great influence on everybody with the different styles of music that they did. We'll be back after the break. I'm Ralph Nudie. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph with special guest 3 a.m. Saints. I see your face again. Back on the air on Get Real with Ralph, AM 1050 WLIP. Coming back in with a little bit of Bee Gees, this being the birthday of uh, Bee Gees, Barry Gibb. Mm-hmm. 73 years old today. 73 years old. And this song here, Words. Words are all I have to take your heart away. Great song. 1968. Before their disco days. <laughs> Prior to their disco days, which we're going to have to dabble oh, into we're the gonna, disco we're, days. We're going to play a little jive talk. You a disco fan or what? Disco, guilty, not so guilty much. pleasure. Now, so you got to have some sort of guilty pleasure of that era. Guilty pleasure, yeah. Something you would never normally admit that you listen to, especially on a first date. I don't know. I say a lot on a first date, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing's popping in mind right now. Okay. Nothing off the top of my head. Nothing off the top of your head. Well, for the record, I'm a huge fan of funk. That's 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 my genre. So you know, there's a little intersection between disco and funk, and where that intersection exists mm-hmm. is kind of close to the space where I exist. More of the funk side than the disco side. But there's a the Bee Gees are kind of a good crossover band. Some of the stuff they did in the beginning was see the Bee Gees for a long time. All I ever heard was their disco stuff. Right. So I actually, that first song we played, mm-hmm. what was it, To Love Somebody, I yep. just heard that like the past year, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's they amazing. Were, they were an amazing band, and then they got, you know, their their disco era became a little too, what did I say, commercialized, Yeah. which I think that any successful group after a while hits a period where mm-hmm. they become a victim of their own success. Yeah, you yeah. look at. I mean, even the Rolling Stones. There's a period there where some of the stuff they put out for for a short period, and I'm mm. gonna say a very short period because I love the Stones, but it was just garbage. For some reason, dancing in the street or whatever it was. Just- <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the collab Bowie? project with Mick Jagger and David Bowie. That's yeah. 
That's right around the garbage area. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Every time I, I think of that video, there's a. Uh, you didn't. You weren't did, alive during that area, were no, you? No, but I've seen the video, and I was like, I, all right. Have you seen the video where they, they, yeah. we're all with you? <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> the Beach Boys one's my favorite one. <laughs> oh, Get the- around Maybe I look at it on Facebook or on, uh, on YouTube. It's hilarious. All of the stuff that all of these groups that existed before the MTV era and then had to adapt to the MTV era, there was like right. a whole slew of groups that didn't make that, that transition right. very well and put some garbage right. out there. Well, going back to disco, though, too, there was a lot of these rock bands that, I mean, the Stones, you know, with Emotional Rescue, you know, yeah. that's a disco song. Yep. It's a, I mean, and they they kind of played towards it a little bit to well sell records. It was a rough time, you know, for rock and roll during those disco days. Because I remember, because I was there. Yeah, I was like thirteen years old, twelve years old, but I remember it. Going back to the MTV killing off a lot of the old. Ra- There's video killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which is exactly what happened. And, <laughs> and it much. changed, and it changed the bands that. I think it killed them in a different way. It didn't end their careers. It just made their music lousy. Uh, dire Straits. Oh my gosh, they were so good. And then uh, Money for Nothing just made everybody's entire. And that's uh, when they got concept. their. That's when they got their money. That's when they got their money. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Oh yeah, they. they got I get it, man. It. They got me. You know, there's a selling out. I don't know. Still, their sound, but yet it's obviously geared more. Po- I mean, I want my. You know, it's Sting singing at the beginning of it, which I can't stand. You know, <laughs> I love Sting, but I just, you know, and just the poppiness of, of what they did, because I'm a big Dire Straits fan. Mark Knopfler is amazing. Absolutely amazing. But when he did that music, to quote Jerry Seinfeld in B-Movie, I'm feeling a little stung, Sting! <laughs> that music was just not the same. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't uh, uh, the best. So what are you going to play for us next? Next, so it went towards one side of my family with my father's mother. So I'm going to go with my uh, a song I wrote called Ohio, which is focusing on my mother's family who lived in Fosteria, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, where's, uh, where's Fosteria, Ohio? Ooh, I don't remember. It's in Ohio. Somewhere. It's in Ohio. Ralph? I think it's on the west. Aren't you listening? Oh, I'm listening, um, but Ohio's. How do you spell it? F O S T O R I A. Fostoria. I mean, I just have to know. I mean, you wrote a song called Ohio, and the first thing yeah. that comes to my mind is Crosby, Stills, and Nash. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, approximately uh, south of uh, south of Toledo and north of Columbus. Yep. All right. Well, there you there go. There it is. All right. But this song is kind of about dealing with uh, not seeing them enough to really get to know that right part of the family that much. So nice. And now I never will, because I'm dead. Because oh. I write really happy songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember standing at the edge of the road, wondering if you would come home. When are you coming home? So I sat and stared out, out at the fields, bearing a love that would probably never kill the crowd. Just make my heart stop. Now the home of the bright city lights scares me half to death every night. 
every night And I miss Miss your smell in June How you hung like sweet perfume Sweet perfume Oh, Ohio When can I come home Where I'm buried two by two When can I come home? Oh, sweet memories of places and people that I'll never see again. Never again. Sweet lost memories. Why won't you? Why did you ever leave? Well, I guess I'm just too young to see the shore. Always, always, always with me. Well, I guess I'm just too blind to see the shore. Always, always, always with me. Always, always with me. 
Outstanding, yeah. Now, Thank you. fun fact, I found a connection between Fosteria and the Green Bay Packers. Really? Former really? Green Bay Packer Micah Hyde, used to play a defensive back for the Packers, is from Fosteria. Dude, that's a big stretch. <laughs> I, it, it, it's, it, it, it's there, it's there. I thought it was interesting. All right? That is interesting. It is that, interesting. interesting. You know, yeah. I mean, you you definitely went out of your mind to, uh, you definitely went out of your out of your way to fi- find that connection, so that's cool. No, I, I clicked on Fosteria, and, you know, and well, I read, oh, a, read a little bit about the town, and, you know. Ohio is near and dear to my heart as well. My wife is from Toledo. Oh, really? And I didn't know much about Ohio when we started dating, but her whole family lived there. So we would, at the time, I had three young children when we first started seeing each other, gosh, over 15 years ago. So whatever weekend I had my kids, she'd come to Wisconsin and spend that weekend with me. And whatever weekend I didn't, I would travel to Toledo, drive four hours on Friday after work, spend the whole weekend with her, and get up super early Monday morning to make it back to Kenosha. And uh, so that whole 80-90 turnpike thing, I think I did that. I think I slept through that drive a couple of times on the way, <laughs> on the way back, or at least it, it certainly felt like it. Have you, have you had the chance to, to get to uh, any cool places in Ohio? No, not that, I can, not that I can remember. I mean, a lot of the times that we were in Ohio was it was mainly uh, Christmas. Uh, no, the one, okay, the one place that I do remember is, uh, oh, what's the name of it? The, the amusement park. Kings, Cedar, Cedar, Cedar Point. Point. Cedar, Cedar Point. Point. Cedar Point. Yes. Okay. That went to a lot as a kid. Loved that place. Um, oh, Cedar Point is amazing. It, the rides are so much bigger than, uh, than, than the rides here at Great America. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And I would, say that, I would say the Great America Park overall is probably cleaner and nicer as a park. Oh, yeah. But the, the Cedar Park Park is bigger. Mm-hmm. And you'll get lost in there. There's so many, so many things to oh, yeah. do, and it's a fun place. Nice. It really is nice. Yeah. And then you get if you go a little further south, they have an area called Hocking Hills. My whole family now, as a result, I'm raising little Ohio State fans because my wife's younger siblings both ended up uh, going to Ohio State, graduating from there, and we've just made so many trips there that I have a feeling I'm going to end up with a child that's going to need tuition payments to Ohio State at some point in time. The funny thing is I think my mother was actually born on the Ohio State campus. Wow. Yeah. I've known people that were conceived on the campus before. I've never <laughs> met anybody that was born there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now 3AM 3 3 Saints. Yeah. How would you come up with that name? What what is uh what's behind that? Well, what's behind that uh it's kind of twofold. Um Back when I was active in my early 20s, me and my best friend Adam, mm-hmm. we used to be in a band called 3AM Diner. Okay. And that stemmed from the fact that me and him used to always be smoking cigarettes at 3AM in IHOP back when it had the smoking section. So it seemed like a name that fit us. Okay. Sure. But uh, when I came back, so I quit for about, for about seven years I wasn't doing music. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came back, I loved always keeping 3AM in there as a reference back to that. But Saints came in. Um, for one, I wanted to be plural because coming back into it, there's been a lot of people that have been um, kind of involved in encouraging me and in the process of me 
recording things and uh, when i play live i'm solo but when i'm mm-hmm. recording i have a lot of collaborators that right, come sure. in, you know play things here and there so i thought it would be kind of a, a knocking them if i went with a singular name i don't like that okay but i suppose this, it gives you i suppose it gives you the option of adding people as well as, yeah as and it keeps well. the door open i'm always open mm-hmm. to people playing with me i mean shane madsen who's an awesome drummer locally he plays with me at open mics at rustic and uh sassy's every week pretty much um but no, Saints was, I was reflecting back, and when I thought about the project, which is what I call the band, um, what kind of personality I want to have, what kind of feel, Right. I thought about people that I encountered in Madison uh, back when I used to be drinking, um, so I would often get blackout drunk and mm. find myself incapable of finding my way, um, or being in a bad situation, and these strangers most of the time would kind of help me out through the night make sure i was okay so mm-hmm. i came to think of them because they'd be after bar close at 2 right. a.m so right. you got these 3 a.m saints. saints oh yeah. i like it nice so okay. i thought of them and then that's when kind of the name came up of mm-hmm. i was like that's the kind of that's the kind of project i want but that's also the kind of thing beyond music what i'd like to offer to people i encounter right on. you know kindness given drunk friends rides home and yeah things as such Saying a kind word to somebody, yeah. giving somebody money when they yeah. need it. Yeah, you know? I like that. Yeah, it's a great name too. I, I mean, it just it really it plays. Yeah, you know, it really it really does. I mean, you hear a lot of different names. Oh, you know, we're you know, <laughs> <laughs> electric bombs or something, you know, or or, or something, you know, uh, you know. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll come up with a side project of electric bombs. <laughs> there you go. You. <laughs> well, your music is definitely inspired and. When you brought up your first song, you you mentioned that it was the first song that you wrote after you got sober. Yeah, and you, you've you've made some some references to the fact that it's been I think you said two years and eight months. Yeah, two and, years and eight months. I, I'm I'm genuinely interested in that journey and how you mm-hmm. got from wherever you were at your lowest point and when you realized you were there to the point where you finally decided that uh, you're going to make those changes in your life. So. Would you mind sharing sharing with our audience? Because, oh, yeah. Because I think that addiction mm-hmm. recovery is such an important thing that so many people struggle with. No, I'm, I'm very open about it and talking to people. Mm. It's almost like talking about a different person now, but of course it was me. But no, um, what it was is that I probably had a drinking problem for much longer than I would even label it now. I mean, there are a lot of people that um, were around for it that, that would have known when it turned, but I can't remember exactly. I used mm-hmm. to be a casual drinker at times, but mm-hmm. then I became a binge drinker, and mm-hmm. then I became drinking, you know, any free moment. So lowest point, I guess I would think about the past, the last year of it. So I was, uh, I was with somebody, we were living together, and, you know, she had to deal with a lot of things. A lot of things, as far as me having mood swings, me blacking out, me doing stupid things or insensitive mm-hmm. or, or just things that you shouldn't, right. Right. shouldn't do. And she's babysitting you sometimes yeah, basically, as well. I, I, yeah, giving I, so much I, for I herself girl to take who, care you know, of me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's rough. Which was unfair. It's rough. So there was always that and kind of the background of it. But then kind of the, uh, the catalyst or the moment, uh, and I had tried quitting before. Like when I was 20, 21, I started going to AA and tried that for a little bit mm-hmm. and then quit that. Um, so this has, been, this has been a long struggle. Then. Oh yeah, it's been it's been going on. Like, I would quit before now. I think the longest I quit was maybe two months, two three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I the the end of it was really that I went and saw one of my oldest friends in Oregon, and then I thought, you know, I can everything's gonna be fine. 
And then I did what I did best mm. at that time period of my life and drank through those days. And by the end of it, we weren't even talking anymore. So mm. kind of all those things fit together of, I think every person that actually quits, what it has to happen, for one, you have to want to actually. You can't do it for other people. Right. It has you got to do it for yourself. You have to do it for yourself. So, and one of the way, the way that it happened for me is that I finally saw myself. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people that I encounter or even I did it is that when you're doing all that, when you're in the low point, when you're doing all these things that are uh, frankly horrible or, mm-hmm. or, you know, just really messing up your life, messing up other people's lives, breaking other people's hearts, your own, mm-hmm. you kind of latch on to the idea, but I'm really deep down a good person. Like, this isn't who I really am. Right. But then you finally see yourself in the mirror and you realize that the person you're being right then or have been for years is who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. You can think that you're still a good person, but maybe you're not anymore. Mm. So you should try to be again. Right. Right. So that's kind of the point I hit. So... That was, I went and saw my friend in November, came back and decided that on January 1st, I was going to quit drinking. So I did. And then I stuck with it ever since. Mm -hmm. Now, the first six months of sobriety are kind of, uh, it's like living a life in a funhouse mirror, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. It's. um, Did you find that in the very beginning, were you to the point where you actually needed you know, to medical detox, uh, or were you able to, to do no, that? No, luckily I, I didn't need anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more the physical stuff, like urges were really mm-hmm. horrible. The urge, yeah. Yep, the urge. Really horrible. But the mental stuff was maybe worse. Like you start to realize how many things were trick, how many things you just drank because of, like, Drank if I was happy. Drank if I was sad. For a while, I couldn't play music because I'd linked mm. that to drinking. I mm. was always drunk when I was playing my guitar at home. So it's it was a long process of separating that out from everything else. Right. And also, the other thing that you deal with is that these people that have cared about you and stuck with you and everything like that, once you're fine enough that they know you're not going to like drop dead at any moment, mm-hmm. that worry recedes. They don't – that, you know – that uh, feeling of, you know, panic almost over your physical state. Mm-hmm. And suddenly all that hurt and everything they were dealing with finally comes, comes to the surface. So so a lot of the time, and it's totally justified. It was more than justified in my case. Um, the woman that I was with probably should have done a lot worse things <laughs> or been much more um, critical. But she was, she was lovely and stuck with me for a very mm-hmm. long time through all that. But... Um, no, it's it's you're dealing with yourself readjusting your brain, um, mm-hmm. coming back together, uh, reshaping. You're also dealing with the fact that you know are you have to answer for the things you did, right? And you have to do that while also feeling those emotions instead of running from them. So you mm-hmm. learn you have to relearn right. how to deal with just sure. life in sure. general. Yeah, and that's I, yeah. that's basically the first six months. And then that's... after that, it. Like where I'm at now, two years and eight months, it's just something I don't do. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest piece of advice that, that I saw that really helped me is that a lot of people, when they're quitting, they say, I can't drink. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't say, I can't. That almost takes your own agency out of it. You don't drink anymore. It's mm-hmm. something you're choosing not to do. It's just not a part of your life anymore. It's right. not that you can't. Of course you can. You're over 21. You have money. Go do it. Right. You're choosing not to. You don't drink anymore. I don't drink anymore. And my life's better. Fantastic. 
And you can go to your website as well. I mean, you're open about it on your website. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, open at 3amsaints.com to number 3amsaints.com. Yeah, I'm open. I try to be as open as possible um, about mm-hmm. anything, really. Mm-hmm. That's inspiring. That, that, that other people can take a look. And maybe they're musicians as well, and they got some problems, things as such, and you could be an example for them. Not that, but you are. I mean, you know. I mean, Is there anybody that you would, you would have considered your, your hero, your? Is there is there anybody that that you think along the way was really instrumental in you helping find your own your own sobriety and stick with it? I know that's probably a tough question. Along the way, finding uh, there are two people. I well, there there's there's one person in particular who's a woman I had been mentioning. Uh, her name's Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin Sievers, actually. I should mention her full name because she deserves the credit. Um, she really helped me through all of it, before and after. Um, she was truly a three a.m. saint, I guess, throughout many many years of my life. Well, that's that's courageous on both your parts. Uh, so many people give up on people when they're when they're struggling. So many people give up on themselves. Uh, I am I'm the adult child of an alcoholic. I lost a mother to alcoholism. I have people that I love that are currently struggling with addiction. So when I see a success story like yours, I find it inspiring to myself and. I, the reason I encourage you to talk about it on the air is I know that there's probably somebody else listening out there because so many people are affected by this that is either struggling with addiction or they, they, they know somebody very close who is. And sometimes it seems like an impossible task. And I would probably venture to say that more people end up not getting better than getting better. So the odds end up being stacked against you, but that doesn't make it completely hopeless uh, when you when you when you hear a story like yours that you were able to, to 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 grab a hold of your life again and and take control over it after it being so out of control, I think right. that that's that, that's a story that that more people need yeah. to hear. So I, I think I thank so, you for sharing yeah, it. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think is you're you're nipping it in the bud too, being younger as well. I mean, I talked to so many people who are, are just in their forties, fifties, still alcoholics, not, you know, realizing what's going on, you know, and musicians are very, you know, I just lost a, a good friend, a musician, uh, yeah. last year. Um, and, but he just, he's been struggling with his alcoholism up through his entire life. And it, it eventually was his demise, you know what I mean? And yeah. for be able to catch it at a young age and, and stick to it, you know, and, you know, and, and stay with it. That's uh, that's that's great. Yeah, I, I'm fortunate that way. Um, but I think at any age, yeah. quitting, you know, not to say you know, folks, everybody listening, you have a drink problem at, at forty or fifty. That yeah, just give up. You're done. You know. You're done. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's no, no. You, there's still hope. I mean, again, going back to, you have to realize you're the one that needs the help. Yeah, I, I, I actually have a lot of people that ask me about, you know if they have somebody that they know that's that's struggling with things. Mm-hmm. And I see it from both sides now because I encounter a lot of people that have, you know, struggling friends, and they're like, well, what can we do? And it's a hard question to answer yeah, because it comes down to the person. They have to, right. they have to want to. That's absolute right. truth. You can't – there is nothing you can do to make somebody get better that doesn't want to get better. And one of the hardest things that I think for somebody who has somebody who they love in their life who struggles with that, 
the hardest emotion that you have to to get to is acceptance of the fact that you're not responsible for their life and uh, that you can't make them get better and that you'll support them if and when they decide to, but them not deciding to isn't on you anymore. Yeah, no, it's... It's, uh, and for you, you took it on yourself, and you, and you turned your life around. And I think that the earlier in life you realize it and fix it, probably you're, the greater your chances of success if you stick with it because you don't. that pattern hasn't been entrenched as long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people that were drinking for 30 years. I mean, I, I was only drinking for 12, 12, okay. 13. Right. Yeah. Hmm. But no. Did you find that your creativity got a lot better after? <laughs> There's a I question. can certainly sing better and play better. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I used to think that, like, oh, when I drink, like, I get really creative. No, it's just gibberish. <laughs> it so, is. so now my mind's, you know, I'm very much more in tune with. Okay, whenever I'm writing music, it, it's much easier. It's much more coherent. It's much more of a full thought than mm -hmm. just random right. things thrown right. together that I make then, sound kind of pretty. Then writing about drinking. Before you start, the I mean, action. you know, actually, the actual art of drinking, the actual, you know, yeah. the action of drinking, you know, and I, I've got a very good friend of mine, and he's he's uh, he uh, an amazing musician, amazing singer down in Chicago, and I knew that he had a little little bit of drinking problem, and I listened to his old music, and it was really about his alcoholism, yeah. you know, it would be. It be, you know, the way it was presented, it could be, be a love song. It's, it's just a different types of, you know, the sound to it, thing as such. But if I really, after I found out how bad he was with his drinking, I go, oh, my God, these songs are about him and his struggle with alcoholism. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's just, uh, it's, and, and he's doing great, and his music music's fantastic now as well. But Yeah, no, it, it becomes, I mean, there are little, not cries for help, but mm -hmm. references to it yeah. ever, because it's, part of your it's basically your life yeah I mean, going back you, to it's you yeah everything it, 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 it's, it's, yeah. it's you i mean i'm 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 a good, I'm a really good guy well uh, nah nah I, no, you know, if not you're not anymore. happy with yourself and you're not you know being true to yourself yeah what's your uh what's your big why what's what is the thing that drives you every day of your life now the why of why stay with it your why just your your purpose as a human being do you do you have one that you that you dial into well, it's maybe multifold. I mean, selfishly, yeah, I, I want to be happy. I want to possibly have a family, you know, have that nice, uh, happy, not happily ever after, but, you know, like. The, the, whole, white, the whole white picket fence thing. You're, yeah, you're the white for picket that fence. Way. Although, you know, as I say that, I did, I'm thinking about, like, the first time I'm, like, Invited over for a neighborhood barbecue, and then I immediately want to jump in front of a semi. But, uh, <laughs> but just, no, no, just bring your guitar, you can dazzle the neighbors, yeah, right? No, but it's, it's, uh, you know, part of the thing, uh, is realizing that I was unhappy at the mm -hmm. core of it, so now I want to try to be happy. But also, the thing that drives me the why of keep going, the why of keep doing it, even on days where, yeah, I still have days where I struggle. But the why is because now, being on the other side of it, I like to try to help other people too. Because mm -hmm. uh, three a.m. Saint. Yeah, it, it. You know, it's part paying back what I got throughout my years, but also, it's. Uh, it feels good to. To take care of people that remind me of who I used to nice. be. That's 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 beautiful. That says a lot. About uh, your journey. Let's take a break.
And then when we come back, we're going to have some more 3M Saints music. with Ralph Show is definitely staying alive here on AM 1050 WLIP, a little more Bee Gees. And we're going to take a break from the Bee Gees and come back to Daniel Thompson of 3AM Saints, and he's going to play a little more of his original music for us. What are you going to play next? The next song that I'm going to play is called Marie, um, and the brief explanation is it's about a woman who loved me once and that I'll always love in the ways that I can. You got a lot of love in your songs, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's... Let's hear Marie. Right. Oh, my slave girl to the fates. Always thinking it's too late to get back your lost time. You spent on the company line Some days you can't even think While your fingers just bleed ink Thought you escaped the big city lights Trade them in for the mountains In the moonlight Oh, my sweet My sweet Marie My sweet, my sweet Marie Took a job in a small town Thought you'd marry a drunk from Racine Thought you just might settle down Maybe even start a family that man just tore you apart All the nights with his angry scream Breaking and breaking your heart Till in the mirror there was nothing you'd like to see Oh, my sweet, my sweet Marie My sweet, my sweet Marie But you won't give up on your dreams, no Gonna make a name on the writing scene Critics will rave about your style And you'll forget loving me after a while Won't you, Marie? Oh, my sweet, my sweet Marie. Oh, my sweet, my sweet Marie. Oh, my sweet, my sweet Marie. 
my sweet, my sweet Marie. Outstanding. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. So, uh, Marie, huh? Same, yeah, same. It's a woman that I was talking about. All right. Yeah. Same one. Same, same one. one. Well, uh, someday you have to thank her for all the songs, too, when they all, when they all become That's the hits. thing, too. I mean, <laughs> life's experiences and, and ups and downs, wherever it's at, inspires you to create. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. my God, you know, it, wherever it comes from, I mean, even the worst times in your lives can pick you up. Yeah, the worst time. Uh, I mean... Sometimes bad times can be the best creatively. Right. Absolutely. Yes, right, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't get me wrong. They still suck. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> but what? you can make a good time out of a bad time. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's face it. it. A good breakup song is always better than a good love song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just is. I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, if you think about all the biggest hits, the breakup songs are the ones that really oh, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> every rose has its thorn. It, yeah. Um, yeah. Love yeah. hurts. The, I mean, those are the ones that really. The breakup song. Because everybody's got everybody's got those moments when they just they want to cry and they just can't they just need something to push them over the edge. Yeah, right. I like angry songs. You got any angry songs? I do not have angry yeah. songs. Really? Really? Oh man, I was really hoping for an angry song. <laughs> All right. What about some? Uh, let's see. What about some stuff that you wrote earlier before you uh, before your head got clear? What's what's the? Uh, you have a funny song. You have you have one that's just flat out goofy. Let's. Uh, Start with that goofy, funny, odd. I don't think eccentric. That I, actually, I was okay. Even when I was a drunk, especially when I was drunk, I was very serious all the time. Everything <laughs> was serious. But no, no, no parodies. No parodies. No parodies. We could we could write while you, me, and Jim together. Right <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe rain check on that. Ah, okay. Another time. No music improv today on WLIP. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe we should have you come back just for a music improv session. That would be fun live. We'll have to get some of your people on sure. and just make them write songs to his chords. Oh, that See? would be fun. That would be all right. I would yeah. do that. We could, well, do, we could do that. We'll, like, throw out subjects and play word games. Maybe we even have the audience members, like, type type subjects, and you got to incorporate into the song. <laughs> would, that, would that be great? That okay, would be we fun. Got, we got a dog, uh, cottage cheese, and oh, and a trumpet. So we got to write a song about a dog, cottage cheese, and oh, if a he trumpet. Played, if he played chords, I could totally do that. Yeah. No, well, not, not today. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dog named Cottage Cheese, <laughs> and when he barks, he sounds like a trumpet. Okay, there it is. Isn't that a Dylan song? No, I'm just showing. Yeah, Dylan. See, <laughs> I got a dog. I got a dog. His, his name is Cottage Cheese. When he barks, he sounds like a trumpet. That, yeah. There you go. You could you could make anything into a Dylan song. <laughs> you know, I, I always thought it'd be great to do like parody, like improv parody of Bruce Springsteen songs because his songs are so easy. They're such great songs, but they're easy to make fun of too. Yeah. You know, you could do that for sure. Yeah. All right. What else? What else are you gonna What else are you gonna bring out for us as original here? And then you got time for a cover too if you got a favorite. Uh, let's see. Original. I will play Graceland. So awesome. I'm staying with basically family and loved ones. Family, and loved I'm ones, doing. and places. Huh? So Graceland is actually you could buy it now. It's on iTunes and 
Yes, let's promote and that. Music, yeah, and let's definitely let's definitely there. talk a little bit more about where 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 to find your music before you play this, so we don't run out of time. So if you go to 3amsaints.com, you can get uh, Graceland from there. You mm-hmm. can also get a free song actually, which is a live recording of me playing at Kenosha Fusion, one of my songs, um, a few fleeting moments. Um, but Graceland is a full band version um, off an album that I've been working on for the two years. They're the time that I've been sober that will hopefully come out within the next month or two. Yeah. Uh, of eight songs of called So Long, Lonesome Drunk is actually what I titled it. But Graceland's available on iTunes, uh, I think Google Play, Amazon Music, really all the all the usual sites. Mm-hmm. If you look at my website, 3msaints.com, I think I have all of them listed there, yeah. too. Um, also, have videos in there as well. The, I have videos it, on there. It's and, one of the, it's one of the better artist sites that I've seen, and it's and the nice thing is three amsaints.com. Really easy to find. The, yeah. the number yeah. three. The number yeah. three, not the word three. The number three amsaints dot com. You can find all the information, all your social media there as well. Yeah, all my backstory, media. blog, stories about your mm. life. I thought it was really well put together, and I hope that it's it's working well for you. You have I a do. YouTube channel as well, right? Yes, I do. You just go to YouTube, look up three am saints. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, I think it's linked on my website, too. Um, and then, of course, I post a lot of things to Facebook, too. So if you follow me on there, you're going to have a catch-all of basically everything I do. Plus, you'll see encounter a lot of other bands in the local scene because mm-hmm. I often find myself going to their shows and supporting them by videos, photos, things like mm-hmm. that, too. Great, great. I-, I love the name of your upcoming album. So, so Long, so long Lonesome, lonesome drunk. drunk. Yeah, it's awesome. It. Is that the name of a song, too? No, actually. I thought about naming one of the songs that, and then I'm like, no, I'm just going to let the album do that. One of those. The whole thing. The the, the, the name alone is the album. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. 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 All right. All right. Little Graceland. All right. Well, I've been a fool Thought I could drown out all my failures Live by my own By my own rules But now my freedom Feels like a tomb Try to connect with this world Feels like reaching Reaching for the moon But when I die, I know That I will finally come home And a Graceland I'll go And I won't drag my feet My time finally comes I'm going home to Racine into the arms of my sister while Mother Mary sings to me there's nowhere else I can go where all I love where all I love waits for me
Thought you slid out of my range through all these wasted years that I've tried to convince you I've changed while I just stayed the same. But after all of these years, you know, I just can't leave you be. I'm not giving up on you, though you've given up on me. And when this mean old world finally crushes me, I know that I'll go to a place of peace. Cause the Graceland I'll go, and I won't drag my feet. My time finally comes, I'm going home to Racine. Into the arms of my sister while Mother Mary sings to me. There's nowhere else I can go where all I love, where all I love waits for me. Where all I love waits, where all I love waits, I'm going home, where all I love waits for me. Outstanding. Outstanding. Thank you. You got time to slip one more in? Yeah. You can play us to the top of the hour. We got, uh, we got four minutes left. Four minutes left. Yeah, we'll see. If we'll All right. Well, let's uh, let's say goodbye then, because we're gonna yeah, go, we're well, gonna go straight to the top of the hour with this. That's so. perfect. So thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Ralph on AM ten fifty WLIP, sponsored by EXP Realty, Town and Country Title, and uh, you're listening to Three AM Saints here, and we are going to take this to the very end. You can find our entire show on our YouTube channel at GetRealWithRalph.com. That takes you right to our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear more 3AM Saints, go to 3AMSaints.com as well. You get to go ahead and ride us off into the sunset. All right. This song is called The Flood. The Flood. Nice. Thought I was ready. Ready to try. But the feeling just rattles some emptiness inside I thought I could move Just move on But forgetting you is just taking so long And everyone looks the same And I never remember their names Oh, this isn't real love I'm just drowning in the flood And everyone looks the same And I never remember their names Oh, this isn't real love I'm just drowning I'm drowning in the flood
flood, the flood, the flood. I try to rush, rush everything, only to wait, only to wait. Try taking everyone, trying to mold them into your shape, into your shape. Well, I wish that I. Just let it rest But the restlessness Just keeps building in my chest And if one looks the same And I never remember their name So this isn't real love Well, I'm just drowning in the flood And if one looks the same and I never remember that name, so this isn't real love. Well, I'm just drowning. I'm drowning in the flood. Oh, the flood. Oh, in the flood. Oh, the flood. And this isn't real love. I know it's not real love. Oh, this isn't real love. I know it's not real love. Oh, this isn't real. I know it's not real.